Hey, it's G. Paul. Another refactoring topic for you today, dealing with nulls. There are a bunch of techniques, but they amount to A, don't, and B, do, but only one time ever. The basic idea, a null always occurs in a particular context, and in that context, it has a meaning. When we pass it up or down our call stack, we are changing context and hence changing meanings. We're using the same symbol to mean different things at different times. Using the same generic symbol to mean different things in different contexts is anti-signal. It represents a loss of meaning. An example might help. Pixel buffers update pixel grids on the screen. The signature for the update takes two arguments, the destination grid and the rectangle within that grid that will receive the buffer's pixels. If the rectangle is null, the meaning is the whole grid. But here's the thing, that signature is really one API to do two different things. And the client calling that pixel buffer service always knows which of the two things it wants to do. Either it wants the buffer to position and clip its contents, or it doesn't. So what could we do instead? The answers are multiple, and you'll have to choose. Look, if you, if you take one thing from all of my content, it is this. We are permanently, irretrievably, inevitably, and happily dependent in programming on individual humans using their judgment. One answer. Split the API. Since clients actually always know whether they want a destination rectangle or they don't, let the client call one of two APIs, one that has it and one that doesn't. One answer. Force the client to always supply the rectangle. There's no nulls allowed. It's on the client to decide whether it wants the whole grid changed or not and to pass a righteous rectangle in. One answer, potentially a very valuable one, but a little hairier, don't pass a rectangle at all. Pass a placement strategy and let the service use that strategy. This one will take some further explanation, which we'll do here in a minute. One more answer, just introduce a named sentinel and let the name carry the meaning. It could be either a simply alias, define everything is equal to null, or an actual instance with special values. Define everything equal to rectangle from negative infinity, negative infinity to positive infinity, positive infinity. So what are we aiming at with all these answers? We're trying to maximize the meaning of the client's code. At the client site, it's far more obvious what the call means in its context. We're preserving meaning, not losing it. Some modern languages, Kotlin is one, actually take don't as their default answer. No variable in Kotlin is allowed to take the value null unless the programmer goes out of her way to indicate it in the variable's type. This is surprisingly powerful, by the way. Once you've Kotlin for a while, you start to suspect every nullable indicator and wonder if there's a better way. There usually is. When you convert Java sources to Kotlin, it really opens your eyes. There's knowables everywhere. It leads to a strategy of doing Java Kotlin translations, which are automated and either perfectly reliable or hand-wavingly uh, errored, and then immediately setting out to denullableize the code before you do anything serious with it. Even in languages without that feature, you can simply adopt the convention as part of your team's programming style. It's less powerful that way because the compiler doesn't enforce it, but it's still a win. Designs with no nulls are cleaner, tighter, and usually small. All right, 
Let's circle back and look at the variant where you pass a strategy instead of a null. Pursuing this line will lead us once again into the strategy pattern, an extremely useful concept from the Goff book. But let's ease into it with another pattern from Goff, the null object. In nullish code, you often see this kind of thing. If x is not equal to null, x dot do the thing. Notice two features here. First, it's a one-legged if with no else clause. Second, the thing that's done is on the non-null x object. Hmm, a, a tad more clarity might help. That's code in the service. The client can call it with x as a null, in which case the code means no op, don't do anything. Or the client can call it with a real x, in which case the service uses the x to do something. We can eliminate that null check. And in so doing, we're enhancing our code. How? By having an instance of x whose do the thing function doesn't do anything. Now, the client always calls the service with a valid instance of x. It's just one that no ops the do the thing part. The Goth book calls this the null object pattern. I usually call it the no op strategy myself. That's because the smart woman, once realizing this is possible for null check branching, will then wonder if it's possible for a lot of different branching. Spoiler, it is. So far, we've been talking mostly about don't, but once we stumble on the no op strategy, we see that we can do the second item, do, but only one time ever. That becomes a viable stance also. Consider the client code that is calling that service we just made branchless. If it's, in turn, getting called with a null, its code will look like this. If x is equal to null, x is equal to x dot op, service dot call x. So what we did was we ripple the branch out of the service into the client. Nah. Now we introduce the concept of a call tree gateway. Your code is always arranged in a tree shape. Method A calls methods B and C. So if we put A on top and draw an arrow to B and C, we get a call tree. And here's the thing. If A is the only user of B and C, A is a gateway. That is, the code can't get to B or C except by calling A. Now you know this, you use it all the time. Anytime you vet your inputs before you operate on them, that's what you're doing. The vetting is a gateway because you literally cannot reach the operation without doing it. So that client code is serving as a gateway to that service code. In our code so far, the gateway is immediately before the service code call with that if. But does it have to be? It does not. It could be done far, far away, both in the code text and in the temporal setting. So do but only one time ever says sometimes you have no choice but to receive a null. Uh, perhaps it's coming from a dirty database or user input or an old style library call. Doesn't matter what the original source is. When we first receive that null, right at that moment, we replace it with a null object. We have created a kind of null gateway. And from that time forward, everyone below us or guaranteed to execute after us has no need for null checks because there are no nulls in the system. By far the most common place for this to happen in OO is during the construction of an object. Why? Because a constructor is always a gateway for every member function of that object. You can't use an object you haven't made, and you can't make it without calling a constructor. Gateway! Okay, gonna wrap this up for now, but before we go, I wanna remind you about the change harvester's mantra and how it relates to these possible refactorings 
And I want to foreshadow a, a topic coming to us soon. Chains harvesters say human, local, oriented, taken, iterative change is the way forward. I want to make sure you see how these refactorings lead themselves to that mantra. No killing is all about the humans because it's all about preserving meaning and only the humans care about that. The computers don't. It's also local and oriented because we can null kill one null at a time. We don't have to stop production for six weeks while we eliminate all nulls below all gateways. We can set that as a horizon goal to orient to and inch by inch denull our code base. Null killing is also iterative. If A calls B and B calls C, B can be a null gateway. If I can make A a null gateway, I can go back and eliminate the null checking code from B. Iterative development means changing things we've already changed. Okay, cool. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. We are so close to having everything we need to really grok the strategy pattern, which is one of the most valuable OO design patterns there is. I say soon we should go there. I'm G-Paw. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, the Change Harvesting Camarada, an informal gathering of change harvesters, is open. Come to gpawhill.org slash camarada and check it out. Join today. The first 50 yearly members get a personal consultation with me, Chipa. Thanks.